This podcast features explicit language and spoilers. Welcome to Better Late Than Never, After Dark, a movie podcast where I invite a friend to watch a blockbuster, cult favorite, or otherwise culturally significant film that they've never seen before. After they watch the movie, my friend will decide if it was better late, that they've been missing out by never having seen the film, or never. The movie just didn't live up to the hype for them. My name is Dave, and I'm your host. Today, I am joined once again by my friend Josh. Hi! And we're going to be watching a movie that neither of us have ever seen before, and that is Friday the 13th, Part 2. Is that the name of this? That's right. Okay, because I was trying to avoid spoilers, and I wanted to Google it. I thought it was called Jason 2 Return to Crystal Lake. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I keep, I always just call it Jason 2. I mean, and I think a lot of people just call it like Jason 1, Jason 2, but Jason it's, 3. But its proper title is Friday the 13th Return to Chris... <laughs> Wait, Friday the 13th Part 2. Friday the 13th Part 2. Is that what Nightmare on Elm Street sequel is? Part 2? Um, I think that's just Nightmare on Elm Street 2. It's not a Nightmare on Elm Street or... A Nightmare on Elm Streeter? Yeah, I don't know. Do they add an ER to something? Well, I know in number three, it's Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. Okay. And or, they're, yeah, they start to get... I, well, I don't know. So Jason 2, or rather, Friday the 13th, Part 2. You know what's even better is that um, in Part 2, it's Part 2, the number 2. Yeah. But in Part 3, it switches to Roman numerals. Oh, that's so dumb. Isn't that's it hilarious? so garbage. Yeah. Why would they do that? Different producers? I don't know. But for whatever reason, it's hilarious. Well, I don't know much about this movie. I've tried to stay uh, away from the Jason franchise since we watched Friday the 13th. Part one. I mean, it's not called part one, right? Because at the time, they didn't know they were making a part two. Well, I think retroactively, they went back and just like wrote part one next to all of the copies of it that were out there. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Because now they... You know, now they knew it was going to be part of a series. They did that with Star Trek. Uh, I mean, uh, Star Wars Episode Four, too. Oh, did they? They went back and wrote Part One because they didn't know there'd be more of them. Yeah, they 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 also wrote in a New Hope. Before yeah. that, it was just Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. But um, yes. So this is a continuation of uh, the very first uh, After Dark that we did. This is Part Two of the after dark part one that we did you can go back and listen to that couldn't come at a better time because it is cold out it is dark out earlier in the day and it is darn right scary out there i guess you could say it is a quintessential fall evening it is i mean last night i got some pjs on made a big bowl of popcorn and scared myself silly with event horizon oh how'd you like that 
It's okay. Yeah, it's just okay. Don't don't go out of your way to watch it, yeah. listener. Now, I am not drinking pumpkin ale tonight, but I am having a seasonally appropriate scotch beverage. It is a Cardew Gold Reserve. Very tasty. Highly recommended. Does it come in a plastic bag? Excuse me? <laughs> Does it come in a plastic bag like a Tide Pod? Oh my god. Have you yeah. not seen this? In order to uh, date when this was recorded, Unveiled today was the newest innovation from the uh Glen Finnich. From the Glen is it Glen Finnich or the Glen Livet people? I don't know the difference to be honest. I only saw it for a second on Twitter, but yeah, basically the stupidest thing I've ever seen. It's a fine scotch that comes in a plastic bag. It's a Tide Pod of scotch. You know? I know. <laughs> Why would you ever need that? Scotch on the go? Wouldn't just a smaller bottle of scotch be what you want? I mean, it's, you know, there aren't a lot of innovations in alcohol these days. Yeah. So when you come up with something, you run with it, right? Yeah. It's a marketing gimmick. Yeah. But you think it's come from someone like Smirnoff, like a flavored vodka would make way more sense than a fine someone, scotch. Someone lower rent. Of course. Yeah. It's not a high, a high rent. A scotch is supposed to be served in a glass, not a small plastic bag that you burst open in your mouth like a like a oh what were they those uh gum rushers gushers gushers yeah it's a gusher of uh fine fine scotch i mean that's pretty bizarre okay so that's how you know the timestamp of this episode yeah but uh yeah so anyway a a lovely fall evening here in uh, early october it's scary movie season and we have a new scary movie lined up this is friday the 13th part two josh we last watched Friday the 13th, and I'd say we both pretty much enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, now, I expressed that uh, I was more or less a fan of the series. You were not so much familiar. Just haven't seen, yeah. I've only seen the first one, and if it is even canon, Freddy versus Jason. Uh, that one, I think, is a questionable canon. Yeah. Now, um, I, having said that I was a fan of the Friday the 13th films... I have seen at least some, if not most, of all of them, except prior to the last episode that we watched, one and two. Oh, nice. So this is another... So this is the other... Yeah, I hadn't seen the first two. Oh, great. So this is the other one that I haven't seen. So this will be another one that I also haven't seen. I don't have a lot of predictions, but I I did come up with a couple. All right, well, what do you got? Okay, so I predict... I'm of two minds on this one. Either it is going to take place again at Crystal Lake, or it's not. That's not a prediction. No, so part of me is wondering, what I mean to say is, either it's going to be... So I have a prediction that this is actually a continuation of of Jason, of Friday the 13th. Yeah. uh, Of the first film. I think that we're going to follow the same hero girl, Alice, Alice. And I think what's going to happen is my suspicion is it's going to involve not necessarily the camp, but the town. It's going to Jason's footprint is going to expand to the town. But when I I say my prediction is it could take place at Crystal Lake, the camp or it couldn't is that. I have a feeling he's not going to leave the town. There could still be a heavy focus on the camp. I see. I see. Okay, cool. Or it could maybe like start at the camp and then start radiating farther out. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, I do expect we'll get introduced to some new kids and some new teens uh, and that 
a lot of people are probably or a lot a couple people are probably gonna say hey we think jason's killing people again and i think some people are gonna be circumspect about it so do you think there's gonna be a jaws mayor scenario yes Okay. I think because Mrs. Voorhees was, I, I, no one's going to. But gonna... we know from the last movie that the people in town are actually the reverse of that. They're the ones warning everybody. Yes, but now that she's actually dead, you think that I think they're going to say case closed. That's it's going to be. What do we? This I is all see. over. Oh, okay. Well, so how long after the first movie do you think this picks up? Huh. Uh, within a year. Within a year. Okay. Do you think maybe like the town now that uh, the murders have stopped, they're trying to bring in more tourist dollars? Yeah, I think someone's going to be reopening the camp. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Or at least they're investigating what happened or something. I don't know. I I, th- I, I I like there's not a lot of layers on the Jason onion left to peel back. So it'll be interesting to see what they if they even make an attempt to uh, add to the universe or build on it or if it's just going to be like yeah there jason's just running around killing people i i suspect the latter mm, yeah i i kind of feel like that too because i mean the first one they were pretty matter of fact of like yep we got a jason problem yeah and also my prediction it's going to be almost 90 minutes exactly maybe slightly less oh i hope so i hope we get a nice a tight 90 um but i i'm also kind of wondering another prediction low-key one I bet there'll be an actor that we both recognize. Oh, interesting. I disagree. I expect there to be some actor that we know from something. I, I don't think we're getting another Kevin Bacon. Uh, okay. I think I think those days are done. All right. Well, you do do research before this, so it would be unfair if you were if you if you knew from your research that I was wrong. I wouldn't I wouldn't give it away like that. Okay. I, I also do less for these. Like I, I for for an after dark episode, Josh, I research way less. Okay. I do a, a deliberately half assed job. Why would you want your audience to know that? Because I want to be as transparent as humanly possible with my audience. I want to be as clear as the clearest of rivers. I want to be as transparent as the current presidential administration, you know, just a, an open book. Oh, God. I thought you don't get political on this show. <laughs> oh, we don't. Let's hope by the time this airs that the the current administration refers to either Kamala Harris or the Malia Elizabeth. Obama administration. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this one's going on the shelf for a while. You know, I'm sure yeah. you're not going to release it quickly. But anyway, yeah. Well, the point is that um, uh, I haven't looked up a lot about it, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I may have a joke I'd like to tell. Please do. Uh, so I went to see the Joker last night, and I'm not sure I get all the controversy. Steve Miller Band is still pretty good after all these years. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-da. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right, well, do you else. have any more predictions? Because I have a few of my own. Sure. Uh, no, I don't. Um, so... Uh, half astronaut, I have done a tiny bit of web surfing about this, but I wrote these down ahead of time, as is what I do whenever I'm going to be doing an episode on a movie that I haven't seen. So this is what I wrote down. I think this is going to take place back at Crystal Lake. I think it's going to be at the camp. Okay. I think they're going to be trying now that uh, Mrs. Voorhees is dead. I think they're going to be like, 
all right, we solved the problem. Now we can really get back to reopening this goddamn camp because it's, it's such a money maker. We can't afford to let this gold mine go to waste. Well, one thing that's still with me from the first movie is just how beautiful this lake is. It's just, yeah, it's yeah. so picturesque. Yeah, totally. Um, this time though, it's gonna be Jason. Yeah, we're gonna get our hulking brute finally, and the hockey mask. I don't know. Um, I think though that because this is you know this is a sequel, so this time it's gonna be bloodier and gorier. It's gonna be sexier and like crasser. Like we're gonna get more boobs, more sex, more like titillation, like all of that. Uh, I agree. And uh, so I think they're gonna be more kills, and they're gonna be like both like more graphic but also less artful yeah i mean that was an odd thing about the first one was how much happened off screen and i think we'll get a lot more on screen this time but also i mean you had tom savini working on it's so like those that we did see actually like there's some good work done on them you know we talked about the kevin bacon one. Oh yeah the throat slash looked pretty good yeah um so, you know i so i think the gore was good uh the girl in the woods that's the one i'm talking the uh, throat slash. oh that one oh, okay yeah okay. Um, well, because so, Kevin Bacon sort of gets his throat slashed from underneath, from within. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I mean, that's the best one in the first movie. Yeah, by, by a landslide. But anyways, but I think there's gonna be a lot more death in this one, and it's gonna be gorier, but maybe a little in, in kind of a cheaper way. Sure. I think all round, even though the first movie is considered kind of like a cheap, crass film, I think this is gonna be a cheaper, crasser film. Yeah. No, I, I, I that's a good prediction. And basically, I I think that's kind of all I got. I actually have a new prediction that we see a lot more from Jason's POV. Oh, that the killer POV shot? Not just the killer POV shot. I think like we're gonna see like Jason is going to be our mirror into more of this universe than uh there'll be the hero's perspective, which we'll get, but I think they're gonna they're gonna let the viewer sit behind the mask. So not just visually, but as a character. Yeah. Okay. Um, like, I wouldn't be surprised if the, if we saw Jason waking up from dirt, but got his perspective of it. Interesting. Okay. Okay. And then I think that's it for my predictions on what's going to happen in the film. Do you think it's going to be any good? Uh, I think we'll probably have a good time. I agree with that. And I'll wait. Before we go to break, give me this one. John Leguizamo. Oh, my God. To Danny Trejo. We're not doing this. Come on. We are not doing this. <laughs> John Leguizamo. I'm going to fucking kill to you. To Danny Trejo. I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm pretty sure they were in a movie together. We're watching this. Okay. All right, we'll be back. This is the part where we're watching the movie. And now it's done. So that was Jason 2. Yo. Wowzer. Um, not a great film. No, no. Great is not a word I would use to describe this film. I'm not even sure good is a word I would use to describe it. But was it a fun film? It was all right. It happened. It was a, we watched it. It was an experience that we underwent. We can now tell people in the universe we've seen the first two Friday the 13th movies. That is a fact that is now true. And I'm glad we watched, I'm glad we followed up on the first one. Sure. And I was in the mood for this type of movie. Uh, coming over here, I said in part one, 
it's cold out. I'm alone at the apartment for the weekend, so it's a little bit like spookier. Yeah. And your building is basically a Stanley Kubrick film. <laughs> you walk into the lobby and you feel like you've somehow stepped back several decades in time. You turn a corner, you think you're going to see some creepy twin girls talking at you. The elevator rumbled on the way up. Mm-hmm. Like, I was a little bit nervous it was going to maybe break and drop me into the shaft, like, you know, to the middle of the earth or something. It does that, yeah. Uh, So I was in the right mindset for this style of movie, although this just falls into the category of... uh, Just not very good. Not great sequels. No. I will say, so, like, partway through the film, I think I I put it like this, which is just like, you know, you know, it is a chilly late well not late october but it is a late night in october yeah and you know i'm with a with a friend and i'm watching a shitty jason movie and so this is basically my eden yeah this is heaven for me no it was fun i mean i'm not saying uh so well well we got to talk about it so this is like well but 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 just to finish that sentence though that being said this is not one of the better Jason sequels I've seen. <laughs> no, this is not even one of the better horror movies. I was expecting more. Yeah, it wasn't great. But I mean, it's basically just the first one again. It's such a strangely lazy affair. And at few times it's a little bit inspired, but then there are just so many head-scratching moments that I guess we can hit. I mean, we don't really need to do the most... Uh, note by note plot summary but there's a lot of interesting things to to hit yeah and normally you like walk through the cast the yeah director. i'm not you know this is an after dark a special a bonus episode sure i i don't want to steal literally every catchphrase from yeah it's that bad but like you know it's a bonus episode we're gonna play it a little loose so we can just like talk about it well one, the first thing i'd like to talk about is the director's name was steve minor yeah and I don't know if it made it to air, but I made a very bad Steve Miller joke in the first part. You sure did. So I think that's ap- that was apropos. Yeah. Steve Miner. Yeah, yeah. I also noticed, so in the first movie was directed by Sean Cunningham, and then this movie was edited by Susan Cunningham. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Do you think Sean had a change, or do you think that's Sean's wife, or? <sighs> Daughter. <laughs> daughter niece <laughs> they were made within a year of each other yeah may- maybe i she's mean she's a prodigy some of this stuff was like all right so just, just let's it, um <sighs> let's double back on some of our predictions okay so all right this did take place at camp crystal lake yeah well it did it did not it took it took place at crystal lake at a different camp yeah, they wound up back on the Crystal Lake grounds a little bit, uh-huh. but it was at a different spot, but around the same lake. Same town, yeah. Yeah, so I guess there's like Crystal Lake Township, Crystal Lake the Camp, and Crystal Lake the Lake. And I was right, it does expand Jason's footprint slightly. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Because it it opens outside of the camp in a, in a, what you have to But assume. I don't think we really deal with the town any more in this movie than we did in the first one. Uh, no, except that we know it has a casino. <laughs> it does have a casino. What an odd little town. A casino that all the kids go to to drink. Yeah, that's another thing. What was the drinking age back in 1981? I don't know. 18? I mean, is that... Was it 18 or when did it... When did it turn to 21? I don't know. Um, 
I, I mean, I think... 1984. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, so they would have been allowed to drink at 18. All right. So when the movie opens, uh, we we revisit with Alice again, our, our final girl, our heroine from the first movie. At first, I was very happy that it was returning to the, not just the character, but it was in fact the same actress from the first movie. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is, this is a good start. Except it's not a good start. The first five minutes of this movie is just clips from the first Friday the 13th. Yeah, she's having like PTSD dreams and flashbacks to the first movie. And at first I was like, okay, she's got PTSD and we're establishing that. But they go on for so long. No, it was solely for the purpose of whoever hadn't seen Friday the 13th. They're recapping it, but they recap the whole goddamn last act of that fucking movie. Yeah, because probably I, I was thinking about logistically they may have needed to because if this came out a year after the first one it's entirely possible that uh the first one did i mean like i don't know what home video was like at that point in 80 81 so maybe they still hadn't hit it hadn't even been released on home video you've got people once it was gone in theaters that's it's gone in theaters so yes they're like we really need to make sure that and because the first one was a hit they were probably thinking like, we have to make sure that everyone understands what the hell is going on in this movie. Although, I, I mean, I wish they hadn't. I wish they had just... They yeah. could just open with her answer, calling, answering the phone. They could have had a crawl. Yeah. Which you love. Um, but, you know, so they do this thing. So, it, in this opening scene, um, Alice is stalked by Jason and eventually murdered by him. Yeah. And I have to say, I actually really hate this. This is a thing that um, another horror franchise actually pulled this thing a lot, where the survivor or hero of the previous film was pretty much immediately dispatched in the very beginning of the next film. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I I really don't like this. I I sort of feel like if you go through the hell and torment and trauma of a horror movie and you come out the other side, you get to get away. Yeah. I just felt cheated by it because I thought, Oh, this is going to be pretty interesting to see the continuity between what, you know, this character's character arc. And no, five minutes in the movie, she's stabbed in the head with an ice pick Trotsky style. It's not even the fact that like the, the survivor of the first film dies. It's more like the, if they're going to die, they should go out maybe like a little better like it just it it sucks so hard to like survive a horror movie and to go through all that and survive and probably have to deal with all that ptsd and like your life sucks afterwards and all that and then just to have that thing that ruined your life catch up to you yeah well unless you want to say make the argument that jason is putting her out of her misery no i'd rather that she just gets away and so actually though what was frustrating she she earned it what was frustrating oh yeah she absolutely did i mean she cut a woman's head off it was amazing yeah but what was really frustrating is the first scene is actually kind of tense yeah i i would say that that opening scene i i was more tense and more anxious in that opening scene than in any scene at all in any of the first movie yeah it actually gave me kind of high hopes for this film that unfortunately were not fulfilled well i think they got dashed the moment her temple got dashed with an ice pick (laughs) because so basically she's at home her mom calls 
uh she tells her mom she's she's in some indiscriminate location or something all we know is trying to recover just trying to recover uh there's a lot of suggesting that jason we've seen the we've seen what is probably jason's footsteps approach the uh house she's in and there's a lot of voyeuristic shots of her. She takes a shower. There's a pretty blatant ripoff of the psycho shower scene. Oh, I'm sure when they or, were doing that, they were thinking like, oh, yeah, we're going to homage yeah. that shit. This is so, so good. Yeah, they're not working. They're not. They're really not working on a Hitchcockian level of, of uh But, but you know, we suspense. both thought this was an effective, like, scene, This though. scene is good, except I will say it. Yeah, but then it goes off the rails. Uh, there's a great jump scare where she sees an open window in her kitchen and like a, a stuffed cat, a very fake looking cat, just flies Holy on screen. That we is, both, I think we both yelped a little bit. It, we it were, was a good jump scare, but that was a fake looking cat. And then you're like, oh, it's just the cat. She's like, you want some dinner? And then she opens the fridge to get the cat food, I guess. And uh, there's a <laughs> there's a severed head in it. Yeah, it's Jason's mom. <laughs> I think I think it was Jason's mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it could it wasn't supposed to be her mother, right? No, no. Well, because you see Jason's mom's head again later. Yeah, so it's Jason's mom's head is in her fridge, which means Jason is behind her, and he takes an ice pick that she had picked up to defend herself and kills her with it. Yeah, and then we get the horrendously eighties. I mean, humor and also awesomely eighties like black screen and the and friday the 13th part two logo like zooms in like a goddamn looney tune and lands full screen uh and then we get uh to another prediction which is the credit list which has nary a name i didn't recognize anybody although one actor i really thought looked like a hollywood chris uh you thought Scott looked like one of the Chris's. Yeah, I mean, he looked a lot like Chris Pine uh, and Jake, sort of James marsden I mean, he's not a Hollywood Chris, but he's that type. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Leading man, very piercing eyes. But yeah, so we're... Bi- so we... So, uh, this, so this is Jason, who's the killer. I mean, they they imply it, at least. I mean, we... Well, they, they, I mean, it is... They call him Jason. Yes. So no Jay- hockey mask though. Uh, then we get. Uh, do we get a notice that's five years later? Or do we just f- learn that when the when Paul says it? Paul says it during the. So the then we cut to two people talk. in a truck. They roll into town, and we're immediately greeted by an old friend, Crazy Ralph. Yes. Crazy Ralph is back. Everyone back to warn the kids they're doomed. 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 You know, there's a uh, in Cannibal the Musical. I realize there's a character like this, and I think it's a direct allusion because he's like, "You're all doomed. You're doomed. Doomed, I tells you. Yeah, you're doomed." <laughs> he's like, "I tried." It's so funny because he walks up to them. And he's like, "I tried to tell the other ones they were doomed. You're doomed too." It's like how these what they don't know who the other ones are. Crazy Ralph. Yeah, well, no, I mean, they must have heard the legend of Camp Blood, right? No one seen Ted had heard it. Ted had heard it, but they were new to town and clearly had not. I also got to say, like, Crazy Ralph, I know it's five years later in movie time, but it's only one year later in actor time, and that guy looks quite a bit worse for wear. Yeah, I mean, that year, he must have used all of his money for the, the first the movie runaway on drugs. success of Jason 1. I mean, I wrote down, it looks like he's wearing a mask of his own face. The rock star lifestyle just really took a toll on him from, from 
part one to part two. Yeah, uh, I mean, so these kids are new in town. They make a phone call. Meanwhile, this is, uh, Jeff and Sandra. Yeah, Jeff and Sandra. Meanwhile, in the background, that we can see their car is being towed, and they can't for some reason until it's almost too late, and then they run uh, after their truck, which is being towed, and uh. It's all a joke. The tow truck driver drops it off at their friend's house. Ted. Ted. Good old Ted. Everyone has a laugh. Ted is like very skinny and wearing like very, very short shorts. That it's a pretty good prank. They're short shorts that go above his waist somehow still. And he's wearing those dock shoes. God, it looks terrible. Uh, Yeah, it's a, I mean, is it a good prank? It's a cruel one. It's the kind that's like. Yeah, it just, he makes him run for like a block strike right to his house. Yeah, listener, they chase after a car for several blocks and, and are only a few steps behind it. Uh, but I guess it's a truck towing another truck, so maybe it's you know it's going slow. Anyway, right. so uh, they they come to a, a spot in the road though. Ted, Sandra, and Jeff are your new three counselors you're going to meet, and guess they're going to not Crystal Lake, but a camp near Crystal Lake. Right. We know this because they they have to move a tree out of the road, and they find a Crystal Lake. One of them just randomly walks off in the woods and is like, "Huh, driftwood? Huh, Crystal Lake?" Yeah, she finds Sandra finds a sign for Crystal Lake, and she's like, "What's this?" And Ted's like, "Oh yeah, Camp Blood. You don't know the old stories about that place?" Yeah, and they're like, "No, obviously not, or else we would never have come here, you idiot." Yeah, but they're gonna find out soon. So we wind up at a new camp. It's nearby, but it's a different place. Yeah, and by the way, this movie's exposition is horrible you barely get anyone's name when they show up on i screen. never knew who anyone's name was. i think part of the reason we picked up there were a couple of the names that are said by other characters and because it's a after dark and we were playing it pretty loose we paused it a bunch of times and that because it was on amazon that they show who's in on screen they do that little behind the scenes thing but that's the only way i knew yeah i mean basically half the people only wind up getting named a few moments before they're murdered yeah i well or it's like said out loud once and then never again yeah so you get to see there's a lot more counselors at this camp it's a it's a nicer newer camp with a lot more kids a more diverse crowd of kids there is one black counselor who i don't think ever gets named or aligned and there's there's one counselor that is paralyzed from the waist down and in a wheelchair yes who do we get his name um yeah they yeah it is said a lot towards the end towards the end of the movie but okay uh rounding out the diversity there is a slutty counselor who's wearing incredibly revealing clothing yeah so there's a lot of creepy this movie's a lot creepier than the first one going to my prediction that this would be um gorier and sexier or like show more skin yeah it does it does not by as big a margin as i thought especially with the gore but um in this part when the uh terry the slutty ish counselor because she doesn't wind up actually being that slutty she just dresses that way uh yeah but in this in this scene there's a shot that is like directly on her ass she wears some very revealing i mean not even revealing outfits just odd ones so in this shot she's wearing shorts that are so short her booty is literally spilling out of them now this is a look i didn't think existed until 2017 but apparently existed in 1981 but the it's not just that that's happening. The camera, it's like a close-up. Yeah, it's right on her ass. It's like they they set up the, the track, the camera on the track, uh, and we're like, okay, 
So, cameraman, just make sure you never get more than six inches away from that butt. We think there's also some suggestion in the shot that maybe Jason's watching her. We're supposed to be a little bit on edge. But nope, it's just that Chris Pine looking motherfucker who uses a slingshot to shoot a rock at her butt. And so that's the maturity level of this of what we're working with in in Friday the 13th part two. Yes, indeed. But and I also call on a question, the maturity level of someone who is supposedly how old are they supposed to be? 18? At least 18. 18. Using a slingshot? I don't know. Yeah, it's Dennis the Menacey. Shooting a rock at a girl's butt. I mean, they say, hey, that's the 80s. People were, you okay. know, coke was big and guys were immature. Okay. Um. So they're sort of giving us a little introduction. <laughs> they give us an introduction to the different, to the counselors, to who is either the owner or the head counselor. He gives a big speech uh, during which someone named Jenny, Sh- Ginny. 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 She's she, our final girl. She rolls in, and she's late, and her car's real shitty. It's a beetle. They He stops his big speech to go chastise her in private, which you have to wonder if everyone was just like, uh, so is he coming back, or are we just... Uh... Well, it's because she's his girlfriend, basically, and he wants to have a moment with her. Sure, but he doesn't... I mean, it's just odd that he, he abruptly leaves to go have a one-on-one with her, and then comes back, and then... St- tries to fix her help her fix her car like what happens it's it doesn't make a lot of sense I, you know i don't know i think both of them are basically like a little older than the rest of them and so he owns and runs the camp and he's like oh hang on a second kids like you know my girlfriend showed up let me go greet her okay. and i'll be back and much like the first go around the actual campers have not arrived it's like on the eve this is literally the same film. Yeah, it's pretty much the same story from yeah. uh, from this point on. Yeah. Except uh, then everyone breaks off. I, well, if you want to keep moving, because like I don't think anything important happens until we get to Ralph. Uh, well, uh, we get uh, we get a scene of the owner who's Paul. Yeah, he has everyone sitting around a fire and tells. Oh right, he tells the backstory from the first movie, basically telling Jason ghost stories. Yeah. to everybody, and this is where we get. The information that everything from the first film was five years ago. Everything was five years ago. He tells a pretty accurate depiction of what happened. And at the end of it, uh, Ted, who is the jokester, prankster, magical puck-like spirit of the camp, jumps out of nowhere wearing a creepy horror mask, carrying a spear, and wearing a grass skirt, which is a little questionable in terms of uh, uh, sensitivity. Uh to indigenous people this this uh, scary character he's he's dreamed up um anyway everyone has a big laugh jason's not a real thing of course you know but they're also warned never to go to crystal lake the camp yeah it's off limits yeah uh they all go their separate ways Ginny and paul start fooling around they start having some sexy times and there's someone in the bushes watching them is it jet no it's ralph it's crazy ralph yeah and so we think everything's okay for a second, but then... <laughs> then Ralph gets garroted. Crazy Ralph gets got, and he gets got with a garrot. He gets taken out, not just with a garrot, but with uh, uh, barbed wire. Like, barbed wire. Is it a barbed wire? Yes, it is a bar- piece of barbed wire. I didn't notice that. It's in- it's really rough. And we th- we had this discussion about how how did Jason actually get the thing around above him and down around his neck? Yeah, because I was thinking about how, like, so... Ralph has his back to a tree. Ralph has his back to a tree, and the garrote is held in... So, so Ralph is in front of the tree, 
The tree is at his back, and then Jason is on the other side of the tree. Jason drops the garrote in front of Ralph's throat and then pulls it back. Which and means, up. Right. Which means that it's already, like, looped around the tree when he drops it in front, which means, you know, so we never see Jason bring it around the tree. So I was like, is Jason actually taller than this tree that he brought it over? Yeah, and I'm like, no, I think what they're trying to say is Jason is, like, eight feet tall and he's able to reach above Ralph. But, by the way, I bring this up now to say later in the movie, you see Jason and he's not tall at all. He's like, she's yeah. like six feet, five feet, six feet. He's like average height. But I mean, in the other movies, he is usually depicted as being quite an, an enormous like person. I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but what the fuck is going on with Jason in this movie? Well, okay, we'll we'll get to it. My other theory, though, was that Jason was actually like hanging from a branch with his legs like hooked over it and yeah. then like dropped <laughs> dropped down and like was like ha- just hanging upside down to do it that would have been funnier and i gotta say on the one hand i was sad to see ralph go but on the other i thought you know finally fucking finally yeah i mean ralph uh the way he was looking he had to go sometime it was a, it was about time and you know it was a sort of unexpected i mean uh, not crazy unexpected but a little bit unexpected not crazy ralph unexpected no not crazy ralph coming out of a pantry unexpected so does crazy ralph come out of a pantry again in this movie ah uh, well uh, spoiler alert we'll see um, so then the next day they're all going for a walk and, uh, Muffin runs yeah, off. Yeah, so Terry has a, Terry, Counselor Terry, who has the buttocks we've discussed, <laughs> uh, and she also has a very cute dog that goes running off and- Named Muffin. Named Muffin, who's just an adorable, like, not a Pomeranian, but uh Pekingese maybe? Sure. Very cute. Uh, and unfortunately wanders directly up to Jason- and it is implied that Jason kills this dog, which yeah. I was immediately like, okay, one, fuck this movie, two, fuck Jason. Yeah, what a piece of shit. Honestly, like, I understand him having a grudge against, like, you know, the counselors and everything, but, like, what the fuck did the dog ever do? Now, animal cruelty on screen is just, that was the 80s. I wouldn't, I mean, I was, fuck that shit. So, Fuck that shit. Then basically, uh, we get everyone decides to go swimming recreationally. But one other thing, though. Okay. Terry eventually is like, Muffin, <laughs> Muffin, where are you? Her dog is missing. And then she's looking for it, but then someone's just like, Hey, Terry, lunch is ready. And she's like, Oh, okay, I'm coming. Yeah. And I'm they- like, Bitch, your dog is missing. They do a small amount of visual sleight of hand where they show the dog approach Jason. There's like a, you know, the music swells and then the camera directly cuts to a close up of sausages being grilled and it's lunchtime. And then they, Terry is like breaks away from lunch too. So this is an interesting thing. She's going, she's going around saying muffin and she, we're getting this POV shot of someone looking at her from the woods and then she makes eye contact with the camera and she's like muffin and i'm like what do you mean muffin why are you looking eye level for a small dog why are you not looking at the ground in this shot like are you like do you think the thing staring back at you in the woods is muffin is muffin six feet tall what are you doing terry and why are you leaving to go get lunch as dave said a few minutes ago it's 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 ludicrous this this, yeah this, this like city dog this show dog that you have is missing in the fucking woods fucking dog has fucking papers dude dude it had like bows in its hair it does and she's like oh lunch is ready i'll just like run off and eat it i'm sure muffin's fine like she she never even brings muffin 
open up again. Not a single other counselor is at all concerned about this dog's well-being. Fuck Terry. So another thing that yeah. happens, uh, just uh, oh, and not it, just the sausages. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we see Ginny operating a chainsaw. Oh yes, Jenny's chopping wood with a chainsaw. Maybe it comes back. Yeah, maybe an evil dead. Uh, so they, you know, uh, some chatter. They decide to go swimming, and that's when Sandra and uh, Jeff decide to break off and go to Crystal Lake. She basically peer pressures him into doing it. She wants to check out Camp Blood. Yeah, Camp Blood. Uh, they go to Camp Blood. But Place has seen better times. Yeah, and instead of finding Jason, they find a police officer. Yeah, the sheriff is not happy that they're there. He brings them back. They get sort of reprimanded by Paul, but he doesn't seem to really give a shit. Uh, he makes a smarmy comment about not offering them extra dessert when the sheriff's like, you're not gonna reprimand them. Which, he is a weirdly big dick to the police. Yeah, I think, well, I think that's the... Uh, to emphasize to us that he doesn't believe Jason's a real thing. Okay. Okay. But the actually it's the reverse of well, it's not the reverse of Jaws. If anything, he's the mayor and the sheriff is the sheriff. Uh yeah. So once again, not a Jaws mayor scenario. No, but the in fact the sheriff is like, you really shouldn't be messing around with this camp at all. He's like, just just go to another town. Please go anywhere yeah, else. To, please don't have children around here. Uh the guy's like, nope. I'm not having any of it. This is my sweet little... Get these horny teens the fuck out of here. Yeah, and I oddly enough, the sheriff uh, is driving uh, back to headquarters, and he sees someone run off into the woods. And he gets lured in after him. He goes on pursuit by foot and ends up back in Crystal Lake Campground, goes into a cabin. And, and he sees the scariest thing in this entire movie. Well, wait, what's that? A disgusting non-functioning <laughs> toilet. toilet yeah yes. the toilet well then he opens up another door and he's very horrified even more so than the toilet maybe there are two in this one we don't get to see it because he's get he gets hit in the back of the head with a hammer by yeah, jason pretty brutal actually yeah so the one thing that is <coughs> excuse me one thing that separates this from uh friday the 13th part one is a higher body count on screen mm, i think yeah. higher body count in general but specifically on screen yeah, yeah. Um, I did appreciate that. I didn't think the effects were as good as Savini's, but no, they weren't. The you know, kudos for the volume of deaths and and seeing most of them. Um, so we know the sheriff's dead, but no one else at the camp does. And what are they deciding to do? They're, go to the casino. They're ready to go out and get wasted. Yeah, which I guess they could do. Now at this point, Terry is wearing a shirt that is barely below her her uh, breasts. No bra either, and no bra. And this is like. It, it, but it's also got full length sleeves and it's like is this it even what? it's a sweater that was cut no it clearly is you can like kind of see that it, it was like cut roughly like someone took a pair of scissors to this thing you know steve miner was just like what do we i like the sweater you got her in but uh could it's it be shorter a little dom de mellowy but yeah it's like so such a creeper we need something for daddy you gotta get something for daddy and yeah, exactly. And um, but so at this point, though the the cast breaks up into two groups. Yeah, we've got we've got Paul and Ginny and Ted, and then every other counselor that has not been given a name yet. Off at the they casino, all go to the off, casino off campus. Uh, Sandra and Jeff and Terry and Chris Pine's dad uh, are all still on campus. As is the gentleman who's paralyzed below the waist and Vicky. V- Vicky. Yeah. So if he, and Vicky has a crush Vicky on the is, guy in the wheelchair. Vicky is just what they say thirsty. Vicky is very thirsty for him. She re- really likes him. 
very cute Vicky reminded me a lot of Nancy from Stranger Things. Yeah, I think maybe she's an I mean, you know, maybe she's a, an homage to 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 Vicky. Na- yeah, Nancy yeah, yeah. can't be an homage to Vicky because how do you know? Wait, no, the other way around. I'm saying Vicky can't be an homage to Nancy because Stranger Things <laughs> didn't exist at the time. Well, I think Nancy is more of an homage to uh, Nancy <laughs> from Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, I haven't watched that one in a while. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just the name, though, I'm Forgot. sure. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so now we're separated. It's night. Obviously, some shit's going to go down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the teens that are back at the camp are horny. The teens, everyone else who's off at the casino... um is getting drunk and Ginny delivers a very odd monologue about Jason. So she launches into this whole speculation about how, think about, like, if there was a Jason in the woods, he would have seen his mom die and then, like, grown up feral in the woods, like, roughing it with no education and no human contact, and he'd be like this rabid animal with no love who'd seen the only thing that did love him die at the hands of a horny teen, and he would be, like, filled with rage and murderous anger, and, like, what would that be like? Yeah, but she's also saying it in a very empathetic way, like... Oh, think of poor Jason. Yeah, out but there alone in the woods, bitch. He dies a zombie. There is yes, like if th- <laughs> like there is no Jason. Like if there was what you were talking about, this is an undead revenant creature. He is either a revenge spirit or a demon. He is not Jason. Died. He drowned. He is a non-life thing. If you can YouTube, I, we should see if there's a clip of this because this speech truly is just a is sort of amazing, like just the sincerity with which he's like, and he's alone and scared and lost and confused. And they're like, yeah, we're going But they never bring that up either. They just, they dismiss her just because it's like, they basically dismiss her in that male, like, oh, you like- you know, like, they're ridiculous just like, to empathize well, kind no, of way. They're like, you're drunk, shut up, you know, quit being so drunk. Yeah, I guess, but it's sort of like, no one takes the moment to be like, lady, <laughs> there's no growing up in the woods and, like, having this, like, you know, wild child, like, psychological shit going on. Jason would be a zombie. Also, just to say, uh, this is the last time we get to see Ted. Spoiler spoiler alert. Ted, Ted survives the film yeah. because Ted stays at the bar to keep getting drunk oh, well, when he, everyone else goes back to the camp. We don't know if he stays. He asks a local if there's a late night spot. But nonetheless, I'm so pleased that Ted, along with a few of the other counselors, yeah. including the black counselor, yes. who normally it is the when, black characters who are killed first. And yes. I believe there's also an Asian counselor. Yeah. So the non-white counselors live. They don't get any lines. But they live. Yeah, they make it out. Um, And it's because they stayed out to party, so good for them. Yeah, so meanwhile, back at Camp Crystal Lake... Terry goes for a skinny dip. Terry goes for a skinny dip. Something for daddy. It is beyond something for daddy. It is way more... So what's the rating of this movie? I do not know. It's a lot more than I expected to get. Uh, But this is probably at a time when that was still PG, right? Yeah, this predates Temple of Doom, so it wouldn't be PG-13. Yes, so probably PG. Um, They don't swear. Yeah, but there's all the the 
you know, all the murder and blood and everything. And there's, you know, they smoke weed in it. It's got to be rated R, right? Mm, maybe you're right. Yeah, I, I don't see it right away, and I don't want to take up all this time looking it up. Okay. I mean, you could always but, edit it out later, editor. Bro. I, I don't care. So it, this movie... This, this must... It's a, it's a fucking Jason movie. It's rated R. But they definitely give you your money's worth on this on this skinny dip. If you're a real creeper and you like... Uh, <laughs> and you don't know about Pornhub or any other internet porn uh, engine... And you just are trying to figure out where to find... Well, uh, I mean, for the times, you know, people must have been very titillated. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think there's a lot of first dates that, you know, would have been set. Yeah. So, uh, but even though it's menacing, she survives skinny dipping, except Faco Chris Pine has stolen her clothes. He, uh, like a creep, uh, sort of withholds them from her, then gives them back to her. Makes makes her run after him through the woods, except he gets caught in like a, a snare. He gets caught in a trap, like an actual trap. Now they talk about there there are bears earlier, but this is not a bear trap. But it is the type where you step into a circle circular piece of rope that is uh that is like set up like a noose uh that is pulled which grabs your ankles and then hangs you upside yeah, down yeah it flips you over you know so like a rabbit and it made me laugh because i thought this trap relies so much on someone stepping precisely in the center of this what is only like a 18 inch wide circle yeah and also is so jason sitting there like waiting to activate it or is it self-activated like how does this thing actually work i mean i'm sure there are ways to automate it better because the way this is portrayed jason would have had to have been standing there the whole time just waiting well i think that's what we have to assume though and he would have to be insanely strong to lift this like well he would have to be like 180 pounds or something like that just like straight up into the air yeah and the hilarious thing is that this is not a thing that i think anyone would expect to run into in their life or their day-to-day and he just goes oh paul and his dang nature stuff it's like what there's Please react more. Please react more to what's just happened. This, Unless that was something that happened a lot in the 80s. And listener, you, if you know some stories, your parents went to camp and got strung up in traps regularly. Like, what the? I don't know. It's just such a weird thing. You know the 80s. They both react to it. She's like, oh, man, I better go get a knife. I'll go cut you down. Yeah, she's like, I'll cut you down, but you have to promise never to steal my clothes while I'm skinny dipping again. And he does. He does. Um... But Jason you know, walks up and cuts his throat. Yeah, there's a lot of ominous stuff. Like we think Jason's gonna get her, but he gets him, and then she finds him, and then Jason gets her, which we actually don't see. But I want to mention the throat cut because this is, you know, there's a one for one comparison we can make here to the first movie. Yeah, because there's also a throat slash in that one. The throat cut in the first movie was better. Oh yeah, this one's underwhelming. They show this. They show because you know they actually show both of them yeah. in both movies, and like somehow this one just looked worse. Yeah, I don't know what it was Tom Savini did in that first one to make it look so good, but uh, whoever made it in this movie didn't do as good a job. Well, no, they probably just they probably didn't have the money and they probably didn't you know give a shit. They, they didn't probably... have the skills, bro. I think they were just doing lots of cocaine and writing scenes seconds before they were filmed. Sure. Uh, so, you know, 
we've kind of scrambled the timeline a little bit, but just to keep going on with what's going on at the at the camp. Back at the cabin, we've got the horny, horny yeah. couples hanging out. Sandra and Jeff decide to go bone. Um, and then we get Vicky and the dude in the wheelchair. Uh, that's not what we should call him. We should either call him his character name or... All right, I'll look up what his actual character name is. Uh, okay, well, the gentleman and her are... Mark. Mark. His name is Mark. Mark and Vicky are going back and forth playing a handheld uh, video game, which she lays, like she keeps insinuating that she wants to fuck him through all of these fucking lines. I want to mention a few of them. So before she gives him the video game, she's like, we could do something. And he's like, well, you know, like with what I got, I can't do a lot of stuff. And she says, I only want your fingers. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, what? And then she hands him the video game. Yeah, and then they decide to play competitive hockey, where they, I guess, each... I don't know how that would work. They play around and then hand it back and forth to each other. But he's like, which game do you want to play? And she's like, the one with the puck. Yeah. Now, yeah. she wants to get... I mean, she's she's uh, thirsty for him. Yeah, well, it, it, then, like, we cut, you know, it keeps interspersing with Scott and the snare and his eventual death. Yeah. But then we finally get back to it, and she just comes right out and says it. She's just like, so how'd you get paralyzed? And he's like, I was in a motorcycle accident. And she says... Was that an allusion to Pumpkinhead? Oh, maybe. I don't know if that had come out by this point. Uh, let me... Let me so wait, what does she say? What does she say? I hope, I hope your dick still works. <laughs> Basically, yeah. uh, Pumpkinhead had not come out by this point. Okay, um, she 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 basically is like, D- do you, does everything else work? And he's like, yeah, you know, I I can have sex. And she's like, oh great. And and she's like, super. Well, we should fuck. She whips out some weed. Yes. And uh, you know, they they talk a little bit. And then she says, uh, he's like, well, what? He says something about being uncomfortable being in the same cabin as the other two folks. Oh well, he, no, he says, um. He says, where do you want to go to have sex? Yeah. And she's like, well, we could go to my cabin or your cabin. And he's like, Ted and I share a cabin, so let's not uh, go to my cabin. And so she's like, okay, well, well, we'll just find an empty one, but let me go change first. Yeah. So she goes to change. And this is the point where I wrote down that there's actually getting back to how, like, kind of, like, again, crass this movie is. A lot of changing happens in this film. Yes, and a lot of you, as in this in these voyeuresque shots, watching these this changing happen. Yeah. So uh, another another rainstorm starts. Another rainstorm starts at a Crystal Lake camp. Always raining. Yeah. Always and, dying. Uh, this is where Mark dies. The Mark, our gentleman in the wheelchair, he has the best death in this film. Yeah. Would you like to describe it? Uh, he. Th- believes he hears someone outside so he goes looking for vicky and he's sort of on the porch of the cabin and you kind of keep seeing the shot of the back of his head he's going vicky vicky and all of a sudden a uh, machete comes out of nowhere laces him like through the collarbone and then jason pushes him or just the force of this it's even more brutal than that though it doesn't just like lace him the machete is buried in his face yeah he gets the machete like like an axe like the machete fucking buries itself straight through his fucking face and the force of which knocks him down the cabin stairs which happen to be like two stories tall yeah he rolls backwards down the whole flight of stairs it's like ridiculous it is the most brutal moment of the movie but it is also a bit obvious that it's a like dummy 
that is oh definitely down the uh, it's I mean, also quite cheaply done true but for me it's more just like that machete to the face was unreal it's like, a good jump scare too fuck me even yeah. though you know it's coming it's one of the more effective ones it's like you still kind of you're still sort of like oh shit. and the sheer brutality of it like, yeah god damn uh so then jason walks in uh the mask and the spear from the earlier practical joke are uh leaning against the wall jason picks up the mask which for a moment you're like oh this is gonna be great he's gonna put the mask on and then he just tosses it aside like it means nothing to him i don't need that shit jason's above that jason doesn't do stupid gimmicks yeah. like masks. well he does decide to use a spear which you're, i was like is that actually a real spear and why do they have it and where did they get it and when you're strong as jason you can put a butter knife through somebody so the two kids have just basically finished having sex and he rams a spear straight through the bed yeah he gets both of them them with a single spearing uh but what sucks is that we don't see any of it like this no. would have been a great moment to show like the two of them speared together budget cuts they didn't show shit uh budget cuts and then vicky shows up and unfortunately vicky gets it just straight machete style we actually don't really uh she's killed the butcher knife actually okay butcher knife well but a uh, knife so the thing is like so vicky uh comes back to the cabin after changing and like everyone inside is dead and she comes upstairs and like throws back the the cover and Jason's under there. This is our first time actually seeing Jason. All yeah. the other times we just right. seen his feet and his hands. Like we actually see the full. Now on we Jason can talk now. about it. Okay. What the like? What is so? It's just a dude in flannel and jeans with a bag over his head. A cloth bag at the moment yeah a cloth bag with eye holes cut out of it there's no hockey mask yet no hockey mask he's not very big he's not he's not J it's not jason i know the first movie was not jason i did not expect the second movie to not be jason either and i don't mean that it's i understand that it is jason but he's Voorhees. not jason he's not jason that is the iconic quote unquote jason the franchise jason that's correct what happened what is going like all right so and we only see him for a second because then we get to his point of view and we see we see yeah him. and um you haven't seen the film but this shot uh so you get jason's point of view and he approaches vicky holding this butcher knife and you kind of see from his pov of him stepping towards her and kind of like attacking her and stabbing her with this yeah. butcher knife it is very much a ripoff of the opening scene of halloween okay um, but that being said, I felt so bad for Vicky because this is such like, you know, cause she has time to like see Jason be terrified, fall backwards. She even gets cut a little bit yeah, and like beg for her life for a moment and then get brutally stabbed to death by this monster. It is such a horrible way to die. Yeah. They're all horrible ways to die. But... I know, but like, you know, a few of them like didn't even have time to register anything before they're killed. Vicky had enough time to like be afraid sure sure i mean certainly would have preferred getting the straight spear because that you probably didn't see never see coming. it coming yeah. yeah well vicky's gotta go she's she's a teen she's there she's not she Ginny. smoked weed smoked weed so what happens paul and Ginny show up at camp and immediately Ginny's like they also show up at camp because they drove back from the bar drunk driving yes yeah but uh yeah so they get back to the camp and uh, they start looking around, and Ginny's oh, kind of like- Oh, and the power's out, of course. Yeah. And so Ginny is kind of like, huh, it's weird that no one's around. I observe that there appears to be uh, blood-soaked sheets and blankets everywhere. Yeah. And I'm a little concerned that something might be wrong. Paul, on the other hand, I don't think anything's wrong at all. Yeah, and she's like, um, no, someone's definitely- 
something's wrong. Someone's here. Someone's in this room. Yeah, that actually started to freak me out where they're standing in the dark. He's futzing around trying to get the lights on. Yeah. And she starts saying that and then ultimately shouts out, somebody is in this fucking room. Yeah, which I, by the way, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a little nervous when I get home. I left all the lights on, fortunately. Just like, it was a good line read too. Like, yeah. I, I, it. I, I started to freak out a little bit. Her freaking out started to affect me. She's very, she doesn't get, this movie's what, uh, 85 minutes? And if, I think at one point we paused it and it was 50 minutes in and it was like, I was like, is there, wow, I can't believe it's already been 50 minutes of this movie. And I can't believe there's only 25 minutes left to go. It lived up to your expectation though that it'd be 90 minutes or less. Yeah. It and was a tight 90. She makes the most out of what is, I would actually say, sort of a surprisingly limited amount of screen time on the whole in this. Yeah, she um, does a good job. From from this point on, she becomes the emotional center of the movie. Not that it has a very strong one. I mean, I think she was pr- pretty clearly set up to be the heroine of the film from the point in which she enters the movie. Yeah, there's just a huge chunk of, I mean, sort of like the first one where they're focusing on other characters and that we get very far away from her. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, But there's a lot of Jason chasing her around, her hiding in various places. Uh, she runs all over this damn camp. She's just like... I, I will say a lot of the sequence I found to be overlong. Like, th- there's an, a pretty long sequence here where, like... So, uh, Paul and Jason fight. Jason, when she, when she shouts out there's someone in the fucking room, Jason with the spear again, or maybe a pitchfork at this yeah, point? I think at this point it's a pitchfork. He takes a shot at Paul but misses, and then they scuffle. Yeah. We don't see what happens, but Jason is the one who stands up. She then gets chased by him all over hell and high water. I mean, she's running through the parking lots. She's hiding in bushes. She kicks him in the nuts at one point. Yeah. And I mean, like... It's a little bit like Benny Hill. Yeah. From this camp to even another camp. Because he ultimately winds up chasing her all the way to Camp Crystal Lake. I would I would I would issue a challenge to people on the internet to make a Benny Hill style video of her getting chased around camp by Jason of this footage just all wound up and playing that Actually before they make it to Crystal Lake there's a sequence in one of the other cabins at whatever the fuck this camp is called where she's hiding under the bed. Yeah. And he comes in and is looking around and she fucking pisses herself. She pisses herself. She thinks he's le- which because she sees a rat. I mean, I mean and because of this, Jason. Yeah, in the situation that she's in, would she really pee her pants just because she's seen a rat at that point? No, but it. She sees the rat, and then they show urine coming out from under the bed. Yeah, and then Jason presumably leaving, so she starts to crawl out. Oh, he's just standing on a chair, dummy. Nothing. It's like also. Why did he need to surprise her? Why couldn't he just take the pitchfork and jab it through the bed? No need for he these games, did Jason. It, he already did it once in the movie. But he is on a chair, which uh, for no reason at all collapses underneath him. I He's guess. heavy. He it doesn't seem to be... All right, well, he fall. The chair breaks. He falls. She goes into her closet and takes the chainsaw out from earlier. Which was established earlier, and, yes. You know, turns it on and j- gets ready to him. give him a good chainsawing. Yeah. She's turned the tables on him, but it doesn't work. No, she almost chainsaws him, and then the chainsaw what poops out or jams or something. I think she's just like they sort of like 
Heath knocks it out of her hand and but she does do something to incapacitate him here. She she has the upper hand because she's able to run. Yeah. And uh during the course of this, um, I will say there are a couple of good jump scares. Like yeah. when he um when she's like right after when Paul dies, when he comes like smashing through the window. Yeah, so she's, she's And we also I wanna say this is where we meet Ralph again. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ralph is once again in found the, in a pantry. Yeah. So she is in a room and she's trying to hold the door to the room closed. And then she lets go of it to crack open and escape through the window. And he bursts through the window on her, which is, which is good. She flees into the kitchen and which actually has a bolt lock. And then she opens the pantry and there's poor Ralph. Yeah. Jason also, I would say uh, as much as he's associated with a machete, nowadays uses a pitchfork an awful lot in this film yeah definitely could be a signature weapon yeah but anyway also if you went out for halloween wearing a white bag over your head no one would know who you are except they might think you're a clan member but no one would get that this is supposed to you're supposed to be jason so i don't know if i want to know what movie that happens but i'm honestly hugely shocked at how jason is portrayed in this i'm going to tell you because i don't think we're going to continue doing this sequence for every single jason movie okay or even if we do i think in order to spare you the mental anguish is clearly causing you i'm just going to say jason acquires the hockey mask in jason 3 okay so in the next movie he's going to get that hockey mask okay fine i i mean i think that's fine, but that's so weird. Isn't it weird? It's, yeah. Jason is so well known as being the villain of Friday the 13th and as having that hockey mask, and yet he's not the villain of the first movie. Nope. And he doesn't even wear that fucking thing not for the first movie he's in, and he doesn't even have it for a lot of Friday the 13th 3. He gets it quite a bit into that film. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. It's, it's probably really- my favorite part about this watch. Yeah. Was the surprising way that Jason was uh, depicted. Uh, so anyway, so long story short, she does she makes the same mistake Alice did, which is she almost stops the killer but then decides to walk away. I mean, she ends up in Camp Crystal Lake. She thinks she's found someone who's home. I don't know why she thinks anyone's in this building, but she goes into Jason's uh the cabin that Jason is inhabiting. And she ends up in a room with none other than Mrs. Voorhees' severed head. Yeah, it's Jason's little shrine to his mom. And also Terry's dead in there. Is that Terry? I couldn't tell whose body it was. I believe it's Terry. So she's in there. Jason's pounding on the door. He's breaking through it with the pitchfork. Or at this point, I think he has just a regular pickaxe. He's breaking the door down. He's closing in. And so she actually does... This is another... Maybe one of three or four moments in the movie that I thought were actually kind of at the very least smart, which is she grabs this. There's a little shrine. Mrs. Voorhees head is there. Her sweater is in front of it. Like she's sort of a human dummy. And, uh, Ginny grabs the sweater and puts it on. And I actually thought she was going to take the severed head and I sort wondered of puppeteer if she'd, like, it. Work with the head too. Yeah. Which, if I was going to remake this movie, that's what would happen. She would, she would, it would be more gruesome. It'd be more weird. It'd be a little silly. Yeah. It has to be. It is silly already, but it's like a little, it's just not surreal enough. She looks out in that she looks a little bit like a young Mrs. Voorhees. Yeah. She goes, she does make a move towards the head. I'm like, oh, you're going to pick that up. She was thinking about it. No, she studies the hair and she sort of fluffs her hair to look oh, more similar oh, to oh, it. Oh, okay. So then Jason knocks the door down and she's just Miss Voorheesing it. Jason, Jason, it's all right. It's all over. You can stop. And he's like, 
you can we get his perspective that he's like huh oh mom it is you and and she almost loses him at one point but she sort of talks him into lying down uh, getting on his knees kneeling and he's and he's about to get machete chopped by her or you know she's got some weapon she's got a machete yeah she's about to cut his head off it's going to be a repeat of the first movie but then he sees his mom's head behind her and snaps out of it at the last second so it almost works they have a weapons clash and except then paul who i actually said hey did we actually see paul die i bet he's not dead yep yep you never see him die hey he's not dead he comes he just knew that they were there i guess yeah i guess maybe he has her low jacked or something um and he starts scuffling with jason and what the i forget even what happens here they get so, away they they manage to get away yeah paul is losing the fight but uh she in a repeat of oh, the she first does movie she does do a slow motion machete chop onto jason but she really doesn't get a good cut on him she yeah. kind of like hits him in the shoulder or something and then they do this that stupid thing where they just run away well they take his mask off they do take his mask off, and we don't get a shot at it. We don't get a look at it yet. But they are disturbed by what they see. Yeah. Do you think it's possible, Josh, that maybe his face is a little messed up? I think there's. It's very likely. Yeah, but and, and I mean, like, not just from like being underwater, but like he actually was possibly a little deformed. Yes. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. But so anyway, so yes, like. The fools in every other fucking horror movie, they don't decide to, like, stab him a few more times. Just make sure the job is done. Maybe cut that goddamn head off. Yeah. Just make sure. Nope. We're just going to walk the fuck away. Dismember that body. They walk away. They go back to another cabin. And they're sitting there. And she's freaking out. And he's telling her, shush, shush, shush. It's fine. And then we hear something outside. And at first, we were thinking that, oh, this is going to be Ted coming back. Right? I really thought it was going to be Ted. I actually thought they might kill him. By accident? Yeah. I, I thought that would be like kind of a funny way to end the movie, too. But it's even better than Ted. Oh, my God. It's actually the maybe. So I said there are a few moments. This is like the third or fourth moment. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. So they open the door, and what do they see? Muffin! It's Muffin! Muffin was... And they showed they showed us a dead dog earlier, so it was like... Yeah, when um Jeff and Sandra go to Camp Blood, they find the remains of a dead dog. That looks a lot like Muffin. Implied to be Muffin, but I guess it was just another no, random dead No, Muffin's dog, yeah. fine. Wait a minute, what's happening? Crash, Jason's through the window. In a repeat of the jump scare of the first movie. He came in through the bathroom window. <sighs> a, this time, adult Jason with his deformed, ugly, horrible face. Yes, we, get, we get to see it window, in yeah. all. So it is, he is quite, uh, unfortunately, faced. Deformed. Yeah. Um, And he smashes through the window and grabs at Ginny. And this is where things start getting confusing because, yep. like with the first movie again, it then cuts and we see Ginny getting loaded into an ambulance, yep. implying that this was some kind of dream sequence that happened. And she's calling out, Paul, Paul, where's Paul? His fate she is, she is, is uncertain. Yeah, I wondered if she was going to a mental institution. Because the people who are loading her in look like fucking orderlies from a mental hospital, right? They're wearing that all-white, like... They do. Yeah, they. I thought so, too. They looked like people from a mental asylum. And they also make no uh, effort to just to, to interact with her while she's calling out for Paul. 
Like yeah. they're not like it's okay, dear. We're gonna get you to a hospital. They're just silent. It's very weird. Yeah, and kind of creepy. Um, and we don't see Muffin either. We don't see Muffin. We don't see a Ted. They just load her into an ambulance. The doors close. End of movie. I have no idea what actually happened there at the end. I think that now hear me out. I don't think this has ever been done on a podcast before. I think that when she got to the cabin at Crystal Lake and she put on Mrs. Voorhees sweater, she was actually just mortally wounded by Jason. And the rest of that movie that we see from that point on is just her fever dream she's having before she dies. Perhaps you would call it a Jacob's Ladder scenario. Boo. <laughs> and that's why we open with her being carried away in an ambulance to her death how about this when she put on the sweater she became possessed by the soul of jason's mother and actually was everything from that point is a fever dream she's having in her own mind but while that's happening her body went around with uh mrs Voorhees controlling it and she murdered everybody else sure Oh, poor Ted. Ted, Muffin, Paul, everybody. Well, in that fever dream thing, maybe Muffin was dead the whole time. Who knows? Yeah. I just hope Muffin got away. I don't get... I, so Jason is... All right. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the end that's of the, the movie. That's the end of the movie. It's, We're not entirely sure what happened. But uh, we do get a real good look at Jason's face, which was the scene before when we when we it was only their reaction to what was under the mask. I said we got uh, I we got robbed. Yeah, you said that we got robbed by not getting to see his face. I think we get deprived. That's the word I was looking for. We get deprived of the opportunity to see what they see, but then we get a real good look at it. Well, assuming that's really his face and not just a dream face. <sighs> well, you would want it. I know you'd personally would want it to be his face so you could be vindicated that he is disfigured yes and it but i was a let down i was let down by how jason looked for most of this there Dude, was the bag over the head is not scary no it makes it quite goofy and he is not physically imposing no they didn't hire a very big actor the later jason's like the Kane hotter jason is like a hulking brute yeah you know, this guy, uh, I mean, you know, you can look up who the fuck it is playing him. Uh, okay, here. Steve Daskowitz. Um Guess what, Steve? We didn't care for your performance. <laughs> look. Steve, I know you might have a Google alert for your name. He did a fine job acting out the role of Jason. I'm just saying that physically he is not as big and imposing as Kane Hodder was. No, it, it, I mean, it's yeah, it's, it, was a, it was very overall disappointing. It maybe was like the lamest part. I mean, I think that this movie might, as flawed as it is, and it is deeply, deeply flawed, they may have gotten away with it with a more physically scary Jason. Agreed. Oh, a totally. As agreed. it I'm, stands, it's a major flaw of the film. No, and I, well, I'm not saying you disagree with me. I'm just saying for the listener that sort of you know what is really missing in this whole affair is that yes, it has like you know it's probably not going to be a good movie when the first five minutes of it is just recapping the last one through clips of it. But any hope it has of salvaging that and just being kind of a fun popcorn movie is removed when you your villain in the first movie 
Mrs. Voorhees is is scary because she's so psychotic and the, the actress delivers such a great role. And this one, I don't know. You just get this guy who's he got a pillowcase over his head. Yeah. He doesn't speak. And he's, that's the, that's the key phrase. He's just a guy. Yeah. He there, there's like there's a real like void where you know he's not that iconic villain anymore. He's not Michael Myers. He's not Freddy, and he's not Jason. He's just he's just a guy with a bag over his head. Is this a troll two scenario where this was not a Jason movie, and then they just bought no the it's rights not. to it and shoehorned Jason in by tacking on the the first scene with no, the old it's, actress? It's, it's not a scenario like that. No, I know. Obviously, uh, it, it has to be another Jason property. Let but. me um let me tell you the very few things that I wrote down because again I I half asked it, but I did write down a few things. Okay, so number one. Just under a minute of footage was cut from the movie in t- order to avoid getting an X rating. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's why there was so much nudity. Uh, probably from that skinny dipping scene, yeah. I bet, right? Yeah. yeah. Or maybe from one of the sex scenes. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So the movie is directed by Steve Miner, as we mentioned. He was an associate producer on the first movie. Uh, Sean Cunningham did not come back from the first one and for as much as we made fun of him in the last one about how he was like he worked on porn and like made a pornier version of halloween or at least i made fun of him uh for that he has actually expressed some mixed feelings about the whole friday the 13th franchise and has talked about how quote unquote he wasn't particularly proud of his work on the movie and he said that um, the only thing that seemed to reach a teenage audience of the time involved high levels of gore and graphic violence. And so I'm kind of like, huh, interesting. Yeah. Weirdly, uh, weirdly conservative backlashy take to have on your own property there. Yeah, but also, dude, you didn't bring high levels of gore and violence you brought like the bare minimum both of these films have like the bare minimum required to be considered a slasher flick well anyway following the success of friday the 13th in 1980 paramount pictures began plans to make a sequel we wanted it to be an event where teenagers would flock to the theaters on that friday night to see the latest episode The initial idea for a sequel involved the Friday the 13th title being used for a series of films released once a year that would not have a direct continuity with one another, but be a separate scary movie in their own right. Well, as an anthology. Huge success, because that's exactly what happened. This movie is so little to do with the first one. What is hilarious about this is that the same thing they wanted the same thing with Halloween. Yet again, they are ripping off something that Halloween intended to do. And did. The and third one. The, well, the but, third Halloween season of The Witch has no connection to Michael Myers. Yeah, but also Halloween wound up not ultimately doing that, just as Friday the 13th wound up not ultimately doing that. Yeah, but Friday the 13th doesn't stray at all. At least I haven't seen three, four, five, etc. No, but, they, don't, they don't stray. But Halloween 3, season of The Witch, is a completely incongruous movie. It's, it's true. There's... There, there's nothing in the Friday the 13th canon like the season of The Witch. I've tr- I've watched a little bit of it. That's one we could maybe do off off mic this month. I would watch it. Fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I mean, so how how did this do, what was the budget versus the box office? Was it, did it cost more or less than the original? My guess is it cost less. Um, I don't know how they compared. I can tell you the budget versus the box office, though. Okay. So its budget was $1.2 million. 
its box office was about $22 million. I mean, that's that's a success. Great return on the money, yeah. That is a, a huge success. It must have been really, yeah. Got 1. crappy 2. reviews, though. Yeah, deservedly. It's bad. <laughs> it's a bad movie. I just likened it to Troll 2, one of the worst movies ever made. It's not as bad as Troll 2. No, it is not that there bad. There are a couple times where I was like, huh, like the skinny dipping scene, not the not to just say the moment where she prepares the skinny dip, but when she was walking towards the lake, I thought, the scene is actually really well lit because it's night. But I, or it's maybe it was like dusk, but I was like, I can see exactly what I'm supposed to see here. Yeah, no, but I would even go so far as to say that, like, I have now seen, at the very least, a large chunk of every Jason movie. Yeah. And this one is the worst. Oh, it's, yeah. And I think there are even other Jason films that, from a filmmaking standpoint, are probably objectively worse but wind up just being more enjoyable films. Like this movie, it wasn't, I liked watching this movie. I had fun, but this is the most like bare bones, generic one of all of them. Yeah. And it's got easily the worst killer. Like there's no Jason in it. And it, and the first one has no Jason, but Pamela Voorhees is a very interesting killer in her own right. Yeah. So this has, like, there's, like I said, there's just a void where the killer should be. It's not campy enough to be fun, and it's not, not scary. It's not scary enough to be, yeah. To overcome the lack of campiness. Normally, normally we were talking about campiness coming over the lack of scares, but this How, is a franchise where we're looking for the opposite. Yeah, and it doesn't even match up with, like, movies like The Troll or tr- the troll series troll or troll two, which are just so gonzo weird. It's not that. No, it's a very generic slasher film. Um, so, I mean, all that aside, I will definitely be freaked the fuck out when I go home tonight. Yeah. And I, I liked it. You know, I had fun watching this with you. I think if you, and because they're so short, you, you could probably do, uh, Friday the 13th parts one and two in the same night. Oh, absolutely. You could watch both of them in less time than it takes to watch, uh, Lord of the Rings fellowship of the ring, non-extended cut. Yeah. You could watch probably the departed <laughs> or watch two Jason movies. I mean, it's, it's pretty great. Yeah. Um, I was also a little bit, uh, I guess not every horror movie, or horror movie sequel. Sequels are usually where you get just get a bunch of nobodies. I mean, none of none of these names. Yeah, no one sparked anything. I was really hoping for just someone. They did not spark joy. But I wanted to say a couple of my favorite popular, like my favorite of those types of appearances, uh, just to show that I do know that they exist and what I'm talking about. In the very first Leprechaun, you get Jennifer Aniston. Mm-hmm. In Troll. You get actually a number of uh, people, but Julia Louis-Dreyfus and her husband Brad Hall are in it. No fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's actually a couple of other actors in Troll that that like would turn your head. I think uh, that gentleman he was in a lot of a lot of horror movies. Um, he's in the he's the star of the stuff. Uh, man, the stuff is also a like a weird. Like uh, it, the stuff stars the guy who is the original DA from yeah, Law and Order. Yeah, he's also in Troll. I've got one for you. Okay, the Blob remake from 1988. Oh man, yeah, you talking stars about Kevin Dillon? Yeah, from Entourage and 
improv superstar yep. guru Del Close. Yep. Yeah. Who actually has a uh, a little sequence, a little post credit sequence at the end of the movie. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. I mean the the thing has a stacked cast. The thing has uh uh Kurt Russell and I think M. Emmett Walsh. Um. Actually, to to draw the connection even more, the Blob remake. Yeah. Directed by Chuck Russell, who directed Nightmare on Elm Street Three: Dream Warriors. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh. Halloween 4 has Paul Rudd. That's not Halloween 4, but Halloween Paul, 5. Paul, uh, it's it's even later. It's like Halloween 8 or something. Really? Like. Yeah, it's, it's a much later one. And but then, yes, Paul Rudd is of, in a of Halloween. Of course, there's sequel. Halloween H2O, which is which has got I think Queen Latifah in it among others. Uh one of the later ones has um yeah, Buster Rhymes. I think that's Halloween H2O. No, Halloween Resurrection. Okay. You know who else is in that movie? Starbuck. Wow. Katie Sackoff. Uh yeah, I'm thinking of some other ones that are. This one's actually less like this is more recent and like maybe less. Well, this isn't that. You get Adam Scott in Let's, Krampus. That's we we don't have to name every actor who's been in a horror movie. The point is though, Josh, this movie, Jason Two, Friday the Thirteenth Two Part Two, was it better later? Was it never? It's it's a strong never. <laughs> I'm gonna a, have to agree. It's a real strong never. As a fan of this franchise, I still think this was the only one I hadn't seen at this point. I'm still calling it a never. I think this is easily the worst one of the franchise. It's let not this, that fun. Let this podcast be a lesson to anyone who's actually listening to these podcasts about the Jason movies. Don't watch this one. See it if you're a completist and see it if you, like me, really like this style of film or this franchise. Because again, loved watching it with you, buddy. Had a good time. But if you're not into it like we are... You don't need to waste your time. If you want to get a group of friends together and make sure that the sound is like high enough so you can sort of follow it, but like low enough that you can talk over it. Definitely a worse way to spend it. Worse, yeah, there are definitely worse ways to spend an evening. Yeah. I mean, and also I haven't watched them in a while, but I'm pretty sure this is still maybe better than any Tremor sequel that you could throw on because the Tremor sequels are like high bar. They're even like they're like even more garbage than this somehow. Mm. Speaking of Kevin Bacon, right? Well, so anyway, so that's our show. So we're gonna end this on a six degrees. <laughs> Come on, I'm gonna fucking give me I'm one. I'm going to cut your throat. Give me one. Give me one. All right, how about this one? Daisy Ridley. Okay. To Adam Driver. Better late than never. Pod at gmail dot com. Uh, Daisy at, Ridley was in at better late underscore pod. Uh, she's in Star Wars: The Last Jedi on Twitter. Please with, contact us. Uh, oh God, Laura Dern, who's in Somebody help Jurassic me. Park. Somebody help and me with uh, Liam Neeson. 